Warning, this fifth installment of Spirekin Review Podcast's Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, our main character disguised as a racial stereotype, lots of Japanese ninjas, Soviet-United States Cold War tension, the first reveal of Spectre's number one, an evil volcano layer, and even more puns. Listener discretion is advised. Spark in Motion Picture Review, James Bond 007, You Only Live Twice. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Motion Picture Review, Spirekin's podcast where we talk about movies, new and old, brought to you by Spirekin.com, the only podcast that provides important reviews about connecting enhanced narratives and is doing so since 2008. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, I'm Greta. Yes, and we are back for another fun-filled episode of Spirekin's Bondthon. Yes, the James Bond marathon. Where we're talking about all the James Bond films up to the latest film in April. That's what we're talking about. Yes, No Time to Die. We're excited for that one. And since I'm a huge Bond fan, we're going through all of them in order. So far, we've gone through four. Now we are up to the fifth Bond film, which came out all the way back. In the far distant year of 1967. Isn't that a long time ago? Super a long time ago. However, it's still awesome because it was a great film. And this is also technically the film that our current James Bond in the list was going to retire. It was supposed to be his last film. Even though, some other background stuff, the film... But he's the best James Bond. On Her Majesty's Secret Service was actually supposed to be this film, the fifth film... But they changed it because of lawsuits and this and that and blah, 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 blah. But, however, this is You Only Live Twice. And it was directed by Lewis Gilbert. So, officially, we are no longer with Terrence Young. And this is a Bond director who shows up for a couple other ones. I think he does Moonraker and The Spy Who Loved Me, if I remember correctly. Not entirely sure. But this is the first Bond film that discards most of Ian Fleming's plots. And kind of makes its own story. And, and it feels like it has its own story. It feels different. And while it does have elements that are from the other Bond films, this is when they started becoming their own thing. Like, the only constants are going to be James Bond. You're going to have some of the members from MI6. And then Spectre will be there. Besides that, it's going to be its own thing. Especially for what's going on with it. And this one has a great list of actors. I mean, as usual, we go backwards. So we have Desmond Llewellyn back as Q. Lois Maxwell back as Manny Penny. Bernard Lee as M. Now the big ones, we have Charles Gray as Daiko Henderson, a British contact living in Japan. Fun fact, in a future film, he's actually going to be playing a Bond villain that shows mm. up in this movie as well. With a different face. So it's kind of cool. Does he die? Well, does he? That's what the next one brings up is, does he die? Does he not die? We're talking about, and next we have Donald Pleasant playing number one of Spectre. We're talking about Ernst Stavro Blofeld. It never turns out well for these number ones. 
But this is the one who's been behind all of this. I would be nervous if I was number one with Spectre. I'd be and sweating No, out. but he does escape in this one. He escapes. You have Karen Dorr as Helga Brandt, number 11, from Spectre, who's an assassin. You have Teru Shimada as Mr. Osada, this Japanese industrialist who's working for Blofeld. You have... Tetsuro Tamba as Tiger Tanaka, who's the head of the Japanese SIS, Secret Service. You have Mihana as Kissy Suzuki, who is the main Bond girl. She's also dubbed over by Nikki Van Der Zell. Same because girl from the last one again. dubbing people over. Yes. And then you have Akiko Wakabayashi as Aki, who's another agent of the Japanese SIS, who's with Bond, and actually, she has kind of a very sad death, which is rough. And then you have James Bond, played once again by our favorite so far. Sean Connery. Yes. Or should we say Connery, Sean Connery. That's true. Connery, Sean Connery. Also, cool thing, there is an awesome Toyota 2000 GT in this movie. It's considered one of the best Bond cars. And it, of course it's a Toyota, because this takes place in Japan. Yes, this is that's the other thing is this takes place in Japan and as since Spider-Kid is mainly a manga podcast originally, this kind of makes me geek out because it's old school of Japan. It's like you see old Akihabara, you see the sumo fights, you see Fujisan. It's pretty cool. It's but, very cool. But there are also some really <clears throat> let's be honest, they're racist parts about this. A lot of little racist things here and there in this movie. Now, is it racist? Just to us now, or was it still racist in they go, 67? It's, it's, I think it's racist. It's pretty racist. And what do we, we'll get to how racist it gets. So, overarching plot um, a spaceship for the US is hijacked in the middle of space. No one knows what happened to it, it disappeared. However, since this is the Cold War, who are the US going to blame? Russia. They blame the Soviet Union. However, in I'm the, sorry, Soviet Union. Yes, the Soviet Union. And then you have um, the uh, Russians are denying it. It's a huge issue. They're saying, we're setting up a ship, and if you Americans mess with it, this is going to cause problems. This is going to lead to maybe the doomsday clock hitting midnight and the Cold War becoming a very hot war where we're going to die. However, the British are trying to be the negotiators of it and saying, look, this, this isn't happening just... Calm down. You didn't do it to them. They didn't do it to you. We have proof that the spaceship, the meanwhile, landed in Japan. So in order to do that, we need someone to investigate. However, how are we going to have to investigate? Well, it goes to James Bond meeting a very cute Chinese girl in Hong Kong. And as they're there, they're flirting, and he brings up the point that Chinese girls taste different than other girls for reasons. They're flirting, maybe sexy time, and then suddenly. The Murphy bed he's on smacks into the into the wall, and he's five guys come out and they fill him full of lead, killing James Bond. James Bond dies in the beginning of this movie. He gets killed. This is also the fact we find out that James Bond is actually a naval commander. That's his official rank. Yes, he works for MI6, but he is. He's, like he holds rank. He has a rank. Because in order to become MI6, you had to work in another field. He was a, a commander in British Navy. The British Royal Navy. Yes. And so he ends up getting uh, 
he, because he's a naval man, he's going to be sent off into the ocean. They put him into the ocean, his casket. Burial at sea. And it turns out his casket is filled with him unconscious. He's alive. They faked his death. And we find his hidden base under water, which is... Yeah, no, he they float him off underwater. Into a, into a submarine. No, into the ocean. And then a submarine comes. Picks him up. Guys come, pick him up, put him into the... They load him in, and then they cut open the sarcophagus wrappings or whatever. And there he is with his little mini breathing apparatus like he's napping. And he's like, oh, I'm permission to come aboard. And they say permission granted. They walk to the other side. And immediately it goes submarine, like regular submarine, really tight quarters. And then it opens up into... Here is just the setup for M's office. Many Penny is there with her phone. It's like they're all on the submarine. So this is the beginning of MI6's headquarters is anywhere, right? And it's always wherever they're at, no matter what. It's the same setup. It's wherever they need it to be, it's there. And you see, he gets the information and is set to go to Japan. And the fact that he is now dead, Spectre. Is gonna think he's dead because they promote it everywhere. James Bond died. James Bond is dead, and now he can. It's in newspapers. People, can... people were watching his funeral, and they now think that since he's dead, you know, they can now move forward, and he can now move kind of more openly and behind the scenes. No one knows him because James Bond's dead, and so he goes to Japan, and he's gonna meet his Russian, no, Russia, his Japanese counterpart, the SIS, and they're going to help him find out what's going on. And one of the best parts is that who picks a code word? Many Penny. And her, she, so he asks, you know, what's the code word? And that's super important during this whole spy versus spy so that you know the guy you're meeting with is, you know, good and the, the right one because as we discovered in an earlier movie, you know, it's not just the guy that you meet on the train because they can be bad. So you need a code word. So many Penny picks a code word as I love you. And she says, you know, repeat it, please, to make sure that you get it. And Bond doesn't fall for it because all she wants is to, to be with Bond and to, him to, like, say those those words to her. So he goes, don't worry. I get it. You know. Ah. And he, he gets let out by, they put him in. They give him a rebreather again. They put him in a torpedo tube and they shoot him out of the torpedo. So this is completely already like, what the fuck? However, he ends up going to uh, Japan. He ends up meeting the SIS agent, uh, Aki, who takes him to the local MI6 operative, played by um, Charles Gray, the guy from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, the guy with no neck, which all of us know him as. And he is the he's the operative who says he has evidence that there is a secret ship and that he has proof that the Japanese have their own space station. There's a whole plot. And as he's talking about it, suddenly he stops. And he got killed. Yeah. In the middle of his talking. So this is crazy. Um, Bond tries to get the bad guys and he ends up getting... Like the ninja that came to kill him. And he catches him. And I don't know if he kills him. Or he just knocks him out. He actually does something really cool. He knocks the guy out, grabs the clothes, because he had a, a trench coat on, mm-hmm. puts a trench coat on, puts the hat on, puts a mask over his face, and then he acts like he got injured. He acts like he was the guy. He's like, oh, oh, oh. So the other guy, the driver, he's like, oh, don't worry, man. Like, hang on. We'll, 
we'll get you all fixed up. And he's in. He's in the car. And he ends up going to this uh, this chemical facility, Osato Chemicals. And once he's in there, he ends up snooping around, goes to the president's uh, office, breaks into his safe. And then he ends up getting lash shenanigans and ends up hooking up with the SIS. Specifically their leader, Tiger Tanaka. He says, so what's the password? I love you. He goes, good, now that we've gotten that out of the way. And it, yes, I love that. And then they end up meeting, and Tiger's very... How do we put... He's old school, not like Yakuza, like old, like Kaicho. He feels kind of like Yakuza. He doesn't feel like a Secret Service guy. He does feel very Yakuza. He's very relaxed, very mellow. He has a bunch of girls there to... To give them a bath or Kind of like the Japanese James Bond, but more progressive. I, I don't know. I don't know. I love that he says he's like, uh, he's like, the rule number one, never do anything when someone else can do it for you. And rule number two, in Japan, men come first, women come second, because women are, are flirting with them. And James was like, I may just retire here. Because <laughs> he's enjoying it. He's enjoying the old school bath. He's enjoying, you know, all of it. And, and they discover that the, um, the the stuff that he stole, that there's photographs of a cargo ship and the people who took the, the photo were killed as security precaution. Something is going on at this chemical plant. They know something's happening. They just don't know what. Also, Bond is flirting with this girl and things are like going good with him. Like It's like there's mutual. It's not just Bond's going to... It's like there's a mutual affection and she's actually going to be the Bond girl, we think. Aki. Mm-hmm. So she'll be the main Bond girl, be all good. And also, so next day Bond goes to the chemical plant, meets Mr. Osado, pretending he's a, a new buyer. However, obviously Osado's like, this is bullshit. You- and here's like the kind of like, not the first of the technology cool gadgets and stuff like that, because there's like the false wall and all that other stuff. But at his desk, his screen up on the desk is actually like an x-ray machine so he can see exactly what Bond has. He can see his holster and his gun and all of that. So he knows who he is. It was just kind of cool. Yeah, and from there he tells his secretary, who is Helga Brandt, the Spectre agent, kill him. And it gets to a very big, really big, crazy just chase sequence in the docks. Uh, he ends up captive to Helga, who ends up flirting with him, and they end up having you know having sex. And Bond thinks he's turned her because he's like, listen, you come with me, we'll make money, everything will be all good and great. And as they as they get into a plane, they're going to tell what happened, everything's going to be good. They're flying off. Then the girl hits a button, locks him in the plane, and jumps out. She like, is not, legit jumps out of the plane. Set him to die. So this is like um, Pussy Galore and Fiona Volp, where she is a femme fatale and you don't trust her at all. And Which is kind of cool. But he does escape. He use he judo chops through the the thing, uh, the stand. I think to get out, he escapes, and then we see their uh, Japan's Q branch with all their really cool things. Like they have a cigarette that's a, a rocket launcher. They have lipstick gas, all this other really cool devices. But then uh, Bond has his item, which they think he's insane for. Is like, oh, I have to get little Nelly. And it's a little auto gyro. They're like, what the hell is this? It's a little toy. We have real helicopters. But part of the plot here that gets a little bit weird is their contact runs a 
samurai school. Oh, no, I'm sorry. A, a ninja, ninja school. school uh, with all these different ninjas. And as part of James's cover, he joined the school to become a ninja and spends time training to become a ninja. And oh, by the way, he's got to be a Japanese guy while he's there. So they take him... And scrub him down and then... Dye his skin and give him dye prosthetics his skin, to look Japanese. Give him you? the eye eyelid prosthetics to make him look like he has the, the, you know, doesn't have the fold. Makes him, gives him a wig to make him look more with Asian hair. Dyes the skin. Waxes him because Japanese guys don't have hair. And he has to marry a Japanese girl. So this is... Comp- so, it's crazy. In the middle of this movie, James Bond has to pretend to be a Japanese guy, go to an island. By the way, he's about seven inches taller than every other guy on the island. And so he's hunching over like some old fisherman. And he has to hire, he has to marry this girl. And everybody keeps telling him that, that she's a good local girl, that she's a great contact, she knows everybody, so you have to marry her. She's a dog, she's really ugly, like no one else wants to marry her. And at first you think it's going to be Aki because they're going to... they're gonna Because he, he, they, they've been flirting and... And things are going well, they're sleeping he together. He liked that. He's like, yeah, we can do this. However... It's in, not her. In the training school, someone tries to poison James Bond with an old school ninja technique of putting the thread over the person's mouth and dropping the poison on the thread. The thread goes down and drops right in their mouth because someone's not a light sleeper. But they sleeper. didn't po- poison James Bond. They poisoned... Aki. The- right. So she dies and then you have a new girl named Kissy Suzuki who's now going to act as his wife. But she's actually pretty. Yes. And while this is all going on, we also find out the truth of what the big scam is. Now, first off, the Soviets sent out a ship into space and that got captured so now tension's super high and the united and the said timetable got upped so it was like a week before or 72 hours before if something happens there's going to be a problem yeah 72 hours the united states's next mission is aborted they're going to try to attack the ussr and problems and hopefully the plan is that Spectre hopes that the United States and the and Soviets... And they just want to start a war. ...will destroy each other and then China becomes the ultimate power because Spectre has... You know, this also we discover the true mastermind, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, the true villain. And he, he first brings up the fact that he's like, how come you haven't killed him yet? They know it's Bond. How come you two haven't killed him yet? And Yeah, like, why haven't you killed him? And... I thought I told you to kill him. And Osato, the the guy who's not part of Spectre, blames the Spectre assassin. Brandt's like, she's the reason why. It's not my fault. And obviously, Brandt blames Osato and becomes a whole thing. Blofeld gives him one more chance. And as they're walking, you see this... in this. Oh, also, we forgot to say, the headquarters for the villain is a volcano. It's a volcano base with, a, with his desk there and a huge... Um, I don't want to say pit, but we'll say a huge pool with a bridge over it. And you have to walk over the bridge to get to him. And inside the pit is a bunch of piranhas. Mm-hmm. And to prove how displeased he is, he ends up dropping Brant into the pool to die. And the piranhas, like, there's not even red in the water. They just... They feed completely. Yeah. And so now Sada has to kill Bond and things are pretty 
pretty bad at this point. Um, what else happens? Uh, Bond and his new wife, Kissy, end up infiltrating the hatch. Uh, they go in there, they infiltrate, and then Bond finally meets Blofeld face-to-face for the first time when he gets caught because he did something wrong when he's trying to sneak into the Spectre spacecraft. He dresses up as one of the... He knocks out one of the pilots, dresses up as one of the pilots. He's going up there. One of the astronauts, not yeah. just any pilot. And he just has something wrong with it. I think it's his ventilator was in too soon. They, or they would have never... He would have never carried his own air supply or some, something like that. Just something so simple and he gets caught. And then it's interesting that Blofeld's like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. It's like, well, this is my second life. You only live twice, Mr. Bond. And this is also when you see Blofeld for the first time. You see him as the bald man with the scar on his face. And the kitty. And the just a sweet kitty. I mean, props to this kitty. There's, like, explosions that happen. And the kitty, like, hangs in there. And as all this is, so they launch the ship. The ship is going to attack the American space capsule. And the U.S. is preparing to attack the USSR. And meanwhile, a group of ninjas from the school <laughs> come to attack this headquarters. So it's a fight between as if there's not enough spy ninjas. This and it just goes completely crazy. You have um, the henchman who you finally find out his name is Hans near the end of this movie ends up fighting Bond, loses, gets thrown into the piranha pool. James destroys a ship and ends up trying to save the day. And he does save the day. Um, and Blofeld, before he leaves, ends up turning on the self-destruct sequence, disappears, and everyone leaves before the end of the movie where they all escape. And that's where it kind of ends. There isn't really the the sexy word to make out at the end of the movie. That really doesn't happen in this one. It's kind of almost an ending, it feels like. Yeah. Well, but, but, no, they do because they when they are leaving the the mystical island, they're all all of the ninjas, and Bond and his wife are swimming away, and then the plane comes and drops all of the oh yeah big inflatable boats, and they swim to one of them and get into it, and then he hooks the the thing to to him, like the plane's gonna come and get them like a little floating balloon or whatever. And they... The Skyhook, yeah, that's They right. get um, friendly in the boat. Yes. So They this, are married, so it's okay. Because it's no longer business, it's now pleasure, pleasure. can happen. So this film has a lot more going on, a lot more. However, unlike Thunderball... It has so much going on. Which, Thunderball is a crazy movie. This is shorter than Thunderball by 12 minutes. With a whole lot more plot that happens in it. And it makes more sense than Thunderball. Yeah. It's only 117 minutes. It makes more sense, and it's a it's crazy, but it's so inventive and engaging, and not just the whole samurai like ninja school aspect or or Sean Connery in in Japanese face, which is like super racist. It's compared to in the first movie we were complaining about uh, Miss Taro, the girl who is supposed to be Japanese and she's not Japanese. This is like that, but to an nth degree worse because it's Sean Connery. And he speaks Japanese, and that's something I do like about this, is that this does take place in Japan, and everyone who speaks Japanese, it's Japanese. It's not, we're going to make up a fake language, and that's it. No, this is, everyone speaks Japanese, and they're speaking it correctly. I love that all the actors are on point, and, they're, and it's respectful to the, the culture, and I do like that. 
Yeah, they got it right. And we get so much out of it. And I like also. Tiger from the SIS. Like, I like how he meets him. I like I like all of that. It's just... You know, his MI6 is very different. And I like their Q branch is a lot, has a lot more crazy stuff. Uh, even... They have their own underground tunnel, subway, yeah, they have, train. They just bullet have a, train. They have a straight up bullet train. And it's super comfortable. And I like that. It's the only way to get around. Uh, Donald Pleasant does an amazing job as mm. Blofeld. This is the guy from the Halloween movies, and this time he's just being Blofeld. And he's so menacing and just so conniving and just scene-chewing. And he completely blows Largo out of the water as like the highest villain at this point, because Blofeld is menacing, and he just... It's not the, oh, you're, you're uh, someone who's going to be a failure and we've seen this through other films how if you fail him something's going to happen to you this you actually see him just straight up like oh you're going to fail me fine and he kills you there's no there's no hesitation with that it's not the oh I'm going to give you a second chance you have one more chance it's like no you fail him you're dead it's that and for his um, the two love interests, you had Aki and Kissy. I'll say they were like, I don't know. I think Aki, well, Aki obviously was the one who had the better chemistry. And Kissy's just the one that was just kind of like, she was a, a diving girl from the small village, and she, but she was a spy, and that was her thing. She wasn't a real spy like uh, like Aki was. And also she had like the, she didn't have the porny name, like Kissy, Kissy Suzuki. <laughs> you know, double entendre, kiss, kiss. Kissy kiss. And then, well, Helga. The, I, Helga was like a worse. She's hits my bottom of the barrel for girls. Like she's worse than Pussy Galore and worse than Fiona Velp, I think. Like she was just like bitchy and like. She was a little annoying. But she she died worse than than uh, Fiona. Did. Fiona just got shot. <laughs> she got eaten by piranhas. Like, they're not finding any traces of her left over. No. Um, there weren't a lot of big death sequences in this besides the the, the that and uh, Aki's death. There wasn't anything really just satisfying. And also, like we said, Blofeld escapes. Yeah, which is annoying. Like, I don't want to keep saying annoying, but it it is like only he knew where the secret blow up patch was to set the whole thing. Where the, the self-destruct button was and he knew where the exit was where he wouldn't get caught. And this set up the... So you don't really know how he truly escapes, but he does. And this is the, the I'll get you next time gadget situation. I'll get you next time bond. Right. And they were face to face, which this leads to later on a lot of issues because later on he doesn't recognize Bond and they were like two feet from each other talking. And I will say that some of the elements of their conversation were very funny. Like at one point... Uh, he's going to show how their spaceship is going to destroy the American ship. And James is sitting there like he's been tied up. All of his gadgets have been taken. And and he asks them, "Can I? if I'm going to watch TV, can I have one of my cigarettes? And Blofeld's like, yeah, have have one of your cigarettes. The nicotine isn't going to kill you. And it's the rocket cigarette. So he like lights it and then points it at the one guy. And that was kind he, of... He should have pointed at the computer and blown up the computer. That's what he should have done. 
I don't know. I think it was still epic. It was. It was a great scene of escape. Because the gadgets in this movie were not as crazy as the last one, but they were pretty fun. Uh, the little Nelly was just kind of out there, though. It's like, it's an auto gyro <laughs> with rocket launchers, which are really bad. But this film, I think, was a better locale than going back to Bermuda or, or in Jamaica for the 15th time. Yeah, totally. It was somewhere more exotic. I like, yeah, and I like that they went to Asia. And it was still about the Cold War, but it was about not being in the Cold War. It was about USSR versus America. And, you know, the British were just trying to prevent something crazy from happening. And I'm intrigued to see where they go next. Because so far we've been to, let's see, now the first one was Jamaica. Second one was Istanbul. Third one was, the, was like Miami and Kentucky. Fourth one was... Um, it was Bermuda of uh, the Bahamas, and this time was Japan and Hong Kong. So I'm curious where they'll go. So, which next. is interesting because we really haven't been in England or Europe in general. I mean, we were in like England for like a minute to go to like London, like, well, like to be in the the home office before going out. But like the most, the majority of the movie, I mean, hasn't been taken place in England. Yes. So I'm excited to see them go to other places. But so far, this is a great location. And now the last part we have to bring up, the opening theme. And I've got to say, the opening theme for this one, this is where the officially, it's no longer just, we're going to have people dancing around and they're going to have their, it's the images on their silhouettes. No, it's projection on the back, which they start doing in Thunderball. But this one, more so. Where you see the jet, where you see all the images and all the girls dancing around. And it looks, and their silhouettes on the background yes and the song very sexy and the song is you only live twice is a good song it helps that it's still the 60s and all the go-go dancers know how to like be all sexy dancing right belly dancers have nothing on these girls yes so out of our five point rating this is this one's a really, really, really fucking cool. It's really good. And I put this one above. This is probably in the top three so far. I think it's possibly... I say top four. I say number four. You say number four? I'm going to say top three because I think that it's under Goldfinger. It's above Thunderball. And it's above From Russia With Love. I love it a lot. The ninjas. Well, actually, no. Yeah, above From Russia With Love... And just because Blofeld is such a strong character. I like From Russia With Love more than this. And Goldfinger I love more because of Oddjob. Well, Goldfinger is number one in my opinion. And Dr. No is up there still and this one. I say number four. But as villains go, Blofeld is number one. Oh, so far. He's totally number one at this point. Because he's, he's been in charge and he's been the guy behind everything. Like, he was behind Largo. He was behind Kleb. He's been behind Dr. No. He's been there, and I'm intrigued to see where he goes next. And what happens next? Because this is, I think, one of the last of the Bond movies with Sean Connery. I think he's only got one more, one or two more. Because we're not including Never Say Never Again, because it's just a remake of Thunderball. So he has one more outing. Yes. But not yet. Uh, so you'd give it the same, you'd say really, really, really cool? Yes. Really, really, really flipping cool. Ah. 
Well, what do you guys think? And also, the big question is, I think that this is, what did you guys think about Bond's Japan face? (laughs) Was it as offensive? Is it as offensive now as it was Is it as offensive as I think it is? Because I think it's highly offensive. It's pretty offensive. I think that the only way it could have been worse is if he pulled a Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. The, 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 um, the, is it a priest that marries him? Oh, the Shinto, the Shinto priest, yeah. A, so, and there's no way the priest buys that he's Japanese. Like, come there's on. no way, because it's a mass wedding, and yeah, that's like me showing up and being like, "I'm Japanese." They're like, "No, honey, nice try." Also, something we did forgot to mention in Thunderball that did not happen, but happened in this one is the return of the theme song in the background because in Thunderball. Yes. They did not do that, and it made me very frustrated that they didn't have the... You missed it. Yes, I didn't want to bring it up, because it made me so frustrated that it had a generic music that didn't fit the movie. It was, okay, you have Thunderball as a theme, but then you don't But you have music and things like that, that but it wasn't the theme. It, it wasn't like... It wasn't connected. It wasn't cohesive. This one, You Only Live Twice, shows up a lot in the movie. You hear that... And it's subtle, but it's there. Yeah. I like it. So... Anyway, remember, check out any of our other episodes at www.spirekin.com or Instagram or Twitter. And um, what are we forgetting? Leave us notes. Tell us what you think. Leave us comments. Let us know. And um, tell us if you want us to talk about anything specific in our next episodes because I'm excited to talk about some of them. Because our next movie we're talking about is On Her Majesty's Secret Service with the second of the James Bonds. No. Yes, but this one's only a one-timer. He's only in it for once. I like Sean Connery. Yes, but unfortunately, this was supposed to be his last one. He was going to retire from the role. Sean Connery, if you're listening to this, I like you. Sean Connery, if you're still listening to this, you are awesome. I know you've retired, but we'd like to just see you alive do something one more time. You're my favorite Bond. You're out of right now, just right now, since all the movies we watch, or just in general? I reserve the right to change my mind later, but in general, he's like my Bond. Like, I want him to be in the Bond that comes out later this year, the 25th anniversary. I want him to be like... he showed up in that, I think that we'd all have a heart attack. Like a dealer or something in the casino. Like, I don't don't know. Just, uh, yes, I would love to see that. That would be awesome. They got James Bond, but... Again, we digress. We'll put our theories up when we get to that. All when we get to Spectre, which is a ways away. So uh, let us know what you guys think uh, for this episode. I'm Greta, and I'm your Zan. We are Guns. We'll catch you guys next time. Keep watching movies, and remember, you only can live twice. Bye.
Too late. Well, at least he died on the job. Bond is dead. Bond is alive. Kill Bond! Now! Don't stand a chance against James Bond, Sean Connery, 007. Bond, the world's greatest gentleman agent with a license to kill. And he never misses a chance. What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? Bond is back, grabbing love where he finds it. Like a lamb to the slaughter everywhere. Bond rises in the east. The odds, a thousand to one, but they don't stand a chance. Get down! All this is just a drop in the ocean. The best yet from the film creators of 007.
tiger said, from now on, you must do everything in Japanese style. Everything? Firing power inside my crater is enough to annihilate a small army. You can watch it all on TV. It's the last program you're likely to see. Well, if I'm going to be forced to watch television, may I smoke? Yes, give him his cigarettes. It won't be the nicotine that kills you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> 